Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hope you're all having a great day so far. So I just wanted to give plenty of my thanks and gratitude to all of you who tune in week after week supporting my Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. I truly appreciate all of your support. So welcome to my 15th episode of season two. Today is Wednesday, April 14th, 2021. My name is Sanal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. Now, I keep diving into those smirk audits, and I keep sharing all my compliance tips. This week, I get into inpatient rehab facility. And I also discuss the OIG's work plan updates for March 2021. And I also share some inspirational words on greatness from legendary reggae artist Bob Marley. If you checked me out on LinkedIn, you know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me brings you enough to take back to your organizations, to want to dive in deeper, to use my tips and best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture and improve coding accuracy as you help your providers paint the medical picture. If you like what you're hearing, go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss an episode. Please write in a review and five-star rating on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to my podcast. I'd really love your support. Now, a quick disclaimer. Before I get started on the episode, this podcast episode and Nexon Pruitt podcast series do not constitute legal advice, but I am fortunate to work with sound healthcare attorneys at Nexon Pruitt. And as their consultant, I have over 10 years of experience in front office, backend, coding, and billing for multi-specialty physicians, compliance, and auditing for both ENM and surgical operative reports. Again, the opinions and insights throughout are mine alone, and they in no means constitute legal advice. So let's get into newsworthy. I wanted to go over the five new March 2021 updates made to the OIG work plan. Now, the first is titled Audit of Indian Health Services COVID-19 Vaccine Policies and Procedures for COVID-19 Vaccines Distributed to Tribal Health Programs. It's being conducted through the Office of Audit Services. Now, the COVID-19 pandemic has disproportionately affected American Indian and Alaska Natives, the AI and AN populations nationwide. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, has reported that the age-adjusted AI, AN population's mortality rate from COVID-19 was 1.8 times higher than that among non-Hispanic whites as of December, 2020. The Indian Health Service program, the IHS, has issued its own COVID-19 pandemic vaccine plan, which details how the IHS healthcare system will distribute, allocate, and administer the COVID-19 vaccine. Now, the CDC has recommended that all jurisdictions be prepared to immediately vaccinate identified critical populations as the earliest COVID-19 vaccine doses became available and were granted emergency use authorization. The objective of this audit is to determine whether IHS followed the Memorandum of Agreement for the CDC COVID-19 Federal Agency Vaccination Program and the IHS COVID-19 
pandemic vaccine plan to coordinate the distribution, allocation, and administration of the vaccines to tribal health programs to protect the AI and AN patient pool. This objective will allow the review of OIG priority areas of promoting public health and safety with respect to services provided to the vulnerable populations served by IHS. Now, this audit will also allow the OIG to address particularly critical goals that bear directly on their mission and that are identified in the OIG strategic plan, Oversight of COVID-19 Response and Recovery. These goals include protecting the health and safety of the AIAN populations that receive healthcare services through IHS programs and identifying opportunities to increase the effectiveness of, I, of IHS's COVID-19 response. The OIG will review the policies and procedures that IHS had in place during their audit period and evaluate the measures implemented by tribal health programs during phases 1A and 1B of their vaccination programs, specifically the measures to distribute, allocate, and administer the COVID-19 vaccines developed by Pfizer-BioNTech and Moderna for the periods of December 11th, 2020 through February 28th of 2021. Now, they will select a sample of tribal health programs to review, and they will identify best practices as well as challenges that tribal health programs have faced when coordinating the distribution, allocation, and administration of COVID-19 vaccinations. The final report is expected in fiscal year 2021. Now, the second OIG work plan update for March 2021 is titled Year-End Review of Opioid Use in Medicare Part D in 2020. This report is being conducted through the Office of Evaluation and Inspections. Now, the opioid crisis, as we know, has remained strong and steady, unfortunately, during the PHE. Now, in 2018, there were nearly 47,000 opioid-related overdose deaths in the U.S. Now, identifying patients who are at risk of overdose or abuse is key to addressing this crisis. The COVID-19 pandemic has made this need even more pressing. The National the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, has recently warned that individuals with opioid use disorder could be particularly hard hit by COVID-19, which as we know is a respiratory virus that attacks the lungs. And respiratory disease is known to increase mortality risks among people taking opioids. Now, this OIG data brief would provide information on opioid utilization among patients enrolled in Medicare Part D in 2020. It would also build on the OIG series of reports, including the recent data snapshot, opioid use in Medicare Part D during the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, which reviewed opioid use in Part D during the first eight months of 2020. It would also provide 2020 data on Part D spending for opioids, and the numbers of patients who received extreme amounts of opioids through Part D, as well as those who appeared to be doctor shopping. It would also identify prescribers who ordered opioids for large numbers of these patients. The final report is expected in fiscal year 2021. Now, 
The third OIG work plan update for March 2021 is titled Audit of Fiscal Year 2021 HHS Consolidated Financial Statements. This review is coming from the Office of Audit Services. Now, the HHS Financial Statement Audit determines whether the financial statements present fairly, in all material respects, the financial position of the audited entity for the specified time period. The OIG will retain an independent, external auditor and review the independent auditor's work papers to determine whether financial statement audits of HHS and its components were conducted in accordance with federal requirements. The financial statement audit is required by Chief Financial Officers Act of 1990, as amended by the Government Management Reform Act of 1994, and performed in accordance with generally accepted government auditing standards, and the Office of Management and Budget, the OMB Bulletin 19-03, which is titled Audit Requirements for Federal Financial Statements. The audit consolidated for fiscal years 2021 and 2022 have financial statements for HHS are due to OMB by November 15th, 2021 and 2022, respectively. Now, the OIG plans to perform a number of other ancillary financial-related reviews pertaining to the audits of fiscal years 2021 and 2022 financial statements. The purpose of these ancillary financial-related reviews is to fulfill requirements in OMB Bulletin 19-03, Sections 6.1 through 12. Now, this final report is expected in fiscal year 2022. Now, the fourth OIG work plan update for March 2021 is titled Audit of Fiscal Year 2021 CMS Financial Statements. This review is being conducted from the Office of Audit Services. Now, the CMS Financial Statement Audit determines whether the financial statements present fairly, in all material respects, the financial position of the audited entity for the specified time period. And this is based on the Chief Financial Officers Act of 1990, as amended by the Government Management Reform Act of 1994, the Federal Financial Management Improvement Act of 1996, the Generally Accepted Government Auditing Standards, and the Office of Management and Budget Bulletin in 19-01 titled Audit Requirements for Federal Financial Statements. The OIG will retain an independent external auditor and review the independent auditor's work papers to determine whether the financial statement audit of CMS was conducted in accordance with federal requirements. All final reports are expected in fiscal year 2022. Now the last, the fifth and final OIG work plan update for March 2021 is titled OIG Data Act Audit and Data Completeness and Accuracy for 2021. This report is coming by way of the Office of Audit Services. Now, on May 9th of 2014, the president at the time signed the Data Act of 2014, which mandated the establishment of government-wide data standards for financial and payment data by May 2015, and agency reporting of consistent, reliable, and searchable financial and payment data by May 2017 was to be displayed for taxpayers and policymakers on usaspending.gov. 
Now, the Data Act also requires the OIG to review a statistically valid sampling of the spending data submitted under this act by HHS and submit it to Congress and make publicly available a report assessing the completeness, timeliness, quality, and accuracy of the data sampled and the implementation and use of data standards by HHS. The OIG will use the independent external auditor contracted to audit the annual CMS and HHS financial statement audits to perform this work. The final report is expected in fiscal year 2022. Wow. Now, in my opinion, that was a lot of financial auditing that's going to be happening, right, in the next year or so. So in my opinion, I always believe our providers and practices need this critical information to review their coding and billing practices or overarching compliance programs. I think these reports with findings are always most interesting and informative, and I look forward to analyzing them in the years ahead. It's also important for my listeners to keep an eye on these monthly OIG work plan updates to see how they may impact you, your provider, or your health system. Stay tuned for my monthly work plan updates. They drop the second Wednesday of each month. And now it's time for my best practice tips in trusty tip. Let's dive into my compliance tips here in part six of my smirk audits that are blasting in across the country. Remember, these are the 16 new Unified Program Integrity Contractor, the UPIC audits that are being conducted via the Supplemental Medical Review Contractor, the SMIRC at Noridian. Their function is to conduct nationwide medical review of Parts A, B, and DME providers and suppliers as directed by CMS. It's the responsibility of the SMIRC to review medical records and related documentation to ensure that claims are processed in accordance with CMS guidelines. Now, I provided you with details for five in prior episodes that involves durable medical equipment, DME, supplies in non-covered skilled nursing facilities called SNFs, as well as spinal cord stimulators and outpatient hyperbaric oxygen therapy called HBOT, and diabetic testing strips, or DTS, as well as polysomnography, or sleep studies, that are in the SMIRC's spotlight. So let's get into part six of my SMIRC audits. The sixth is titled 01-025 Inpatient Rehabilitation Facility, or ERF, Notification of Medical Review. Now, Noridian SMIRC is conducting post-payment review of claims for Medicare Part A inpatient rehab facility, or ERF, claims billed on dates of service from January 1st, 2018 through December 31st, 2018. Remember, these are the time parameters. This notification includes the reasons for the review, documentation that will be requested in the additional documentation request letters, the ADR letters, as well as resources that providers and suppliers may wish to consult with as they're submitting their claims. Now, some background on the why. Why on earth is this happening? Now, our inpatient rehabilitation hospitals, the ERFs, and rehabilitation units of acute care hospitals are collectively known, again, as ERFs. 
IRFs provide intensive rehabilitation therapy in a resource-intensive inpatient hospital environment for patients who, because of the complexity of their nursing, the complexity of their medical management, and rehabilitation needs, they require and can be reasonably expected to benefit from an inpatient stay and an interdisciplinary team approach to the delivery of their rehabilitation care. And this is all based in the Medicare Benefit Policy Manual, Publication 100-02, in Chapter 1, Section 110. Now, in a recent 2018 Office of Inspector General, the OIG report titled, quote, many inpatient rehabilitation facility stays did not meet Medicare coverage and documentation requirements, end quote, those findings in that report found that for many IRFs, medical record documentation did not in fact support that IRF care was reasonable and necessary and in accordance with Medicare's requirements. Now, of course, the reason for the review is critical. So they're narrowing it down in scope for us, thank goodness. So CMS has tasked the SMERC to perform the medical record review on the validation of IRF claims to support if the stays were reasonable and necessary. The scope involves Noridian SMERC performing data analysis and conducting medical reviews. Noridian SMERC will complete data analysis and review activities in accordance with applicable statutory, regulatory, and sub-regulatory guidance. They are honing in on the type of bill 11X for inpatient rehabilitation facility, or IRF. Now, of course, there are documentation requirements as well. I'm going to go over a list of 14 specific, very specific documentation requirements that will be in your ADR letter as well. Now, these are the items that you will have to furnish to support your claims that have already been paid, right? These are your claims that are now under review for your post-payment audit. Now, the first requirement are those admission orders. The second requirement is the applicable history and physical exam. The third is the pre-admission screen. The fourth requirement is the post-admission physician evaluation. The fifth requirement is the documentation of required physician face-to-face -face visits. The sixth requirement is all supporting clinic, excuse me, is all supporting clinical <clears throat> and or the nursing notes as well as the nursing documentation. Now the seventh requirement is the individualized plan of care. The eighth requirement is the record of interdisciplinary team conferences with attendance records. The ninth requirement is the therapy logs from all therapy disciplines. The tenth requirement is the completed inpatient rehabilitation facility patient assessment instrument, also called the IRF PAI. Now, the eleventh requirement are the notes and documentation related to an interruption in their treatment. The twelfth requirement is any and all other documentation supporting reasonable and necessary inpatient rehabilitation care, which includes, but is not limited to, the nature and degree of the patient's expected improvement, the expected length of time to achieve the improvement, the need for a continued stay, the demonstration that the patient made functional improvements that were ongoing and sustainably measured 
against his or her condition at the start of treatment, as well as an integrated medical and functional course of care for the patient. Now, the 13th requirement is for the valid electronic or handwritten signatures when applicable. And finally, the 14th requirement are copies of any patient notices that were given, like those ABNs, right? Those advanced beneficiary notice of non-coverage if they're applicable. So remember, these post-payment audits are a sign. They're a signal that something may be amiss in your ERF documentation, coding, and billing. These 14 requirements are a very good reminder that you should be making checklists and improving your workflows and efficiencies at your practice to ensure all documentation is being captured, coding and billing are compliant for all of your payers in your payer mix. So a better, smarter approach is one that's proactive and starts by painting a clear, rich, and vibrant medical picture the first time so your certified medical coder can then abstract codes with accuracy. And finally, in this week's inspiring quote on greatness in Spark, it's from Jamaican reggae singer, Bob Marley. The greatness of a man is not in how much wealth he acquires, but in his integrity and his ability to affect those around him positively. I love this. I know I am always drawn to people who affect change with positivity. Integrity and positivity both are necessary ingredients that make up greatness. There are a few people that enter our lives that possess both of those qualities, but when they do, wow. I have just a handful of these types in my life. A handful is plenty. Plenty to affect change in you, to do things yourself that inspire and affect positivity and greatness in others. So spread that greatness around. There's plenty for everyone. I am happy Bob Marley's spark still burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. Please go out and make this a great day, an incredible week for yourselves. Go do great things this week and aim a little higher, do a little more, and give back in any way you can in 2021. There's so much each one of us can do. So news for me this week is I get to finally sign up for my vaccine. It's about time. I'm so excited. It's opened up for me at last. So I can't wait to sign up. Um, I know there's going to be still thousands of us that are on this new list. So I know it's still going to be a waiting game, but um, my time is coming. I'm so excited. But in the meantime, remember, we're not all vaccinated yet. So keep masking up, washing up and staying physically distant. As always, I appreciate you diving into today with me. And if you would like to inquire about my consultant services, you can always reach me through my email address at nexonpruitt.com. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. Please continue staying safe and healthy, practice safety for one and all during our collective life in the time of coronavirus. Thank you for listening in on today's episode. And I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday.